What's up, guys? This is Rome with Space Nagus speaking with someone that I discovered on, excuse me, Instagram. Um, and I was sort of amazed because I was like, wow, this is like awesome that someone has accumulated this much meme worthy material uh, unto the to their own uh, sort of platform to get it out. And I just was like, this is so cool. And then I had an idea to um, interview people about Star Trek that like Trek, uh, not necessarily involved in Trek, but just people that like Star Trek, right? Because everyone usually has different opinions about stuff like that. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce everyone to, as I know, Trekkie Todd from Instagram. Um, and I guess my first question will be, why, like, what made you go to Instagram and create this magnificent thing called Trekkie Todd? I wasn't really interested in Instagram at first, but I started playing around with it and found that I really enjoyed the platform. As far as why I only do Star Trek, it's Star Trek is a passion for me. I, um, I enjoy collecting the memes. I enjoy putting them out there. And there is no other agenda other than that. I'm amazed, actually, that I have as many followers as I do on Instagram. Yeah, uh, Star Trek is is universally loved by most people that have actually, in my experience, uh, experienced it. Like most times, if people don't like Star Trek, it's like people that haven't actually watched it, but to each their own. Um, so, like, where do you... If if I can know, like, where do you cultivate these? Do you make these memes? Like, where do you find them? I find them all over the internet. I rarely make them. Um, sometimes I'll add a, a humorous comment to a picture or something, but I rarely make the memes myself. So, like, I guess, would you say um, things like, like Reddit or, like, I, is Tumblr even a thing, like, would those be sort of the beginning of the platform or did you always have Instagram as where you posted your material? It was always Instagram. Uh, I'm not on Facebook. I am on Twitter. Um, but it was always Instagram for me. All right. All right. Well, once again, uh trekkie todd on instagram i think everyone that is listening to this obviously as trek fans should check it out they probably are already on there to be honest with you <clears throat> excuse me um so. right so without further ado the uh momentous occasion we are here for i have been doing chats with trek fans about their opinions on certain things in trek and i'm honored to uh, add you to the list and i guess we'll start at the beginning right what is your first star trek memory watching the um watching the original series on my black and white tv in my bedroom growing up as a child I distinctly remember thinking that Uhura was the most beautiful woman I had ever seen. And it all started from there. I got you. So when you uh, first saw it, was this, was it live airing? Was it in reruns? Like what, what was the deal? No, it was in syndication. I was born in 67 and Trek ended in 67. So I saw it in syndication. And I really did not get into Star Trek 
fully until Star Trek for the voyage home. I must, I've probably seen that movie 500 times. Hey, it is one of the best with the uh, original cast. Definitely. Um, so let's see. I'm assuming people usually lean to their first being their favorite, but I'll go ahead and ask what's your favorite Star Trek show? Well, that is a tricky question. I like them all for different reasons. Um, I like the fact that the original series was the original series. Of course, this, the chemistry between William Shatner, Leonard Nimoy, and DeForest Kelly is undeniable. That, that kind of chemistry can never be repeated again. They tried in the next generation and succeeded somewhat, but never to the level of those three in the original cast. So, I mean, I guess let me ask it like this. If Netflix said, hey, uh, we, we can only afford to have one <laughs> Trek show that we carry, what Trek show would you be like, all right, Netflix, this has to be the one you're carrying? Star Trek Voyager. Oh, okay, okay. I was not expecting to hear that. I was thinking, okay, all right. So this is this is putting a, a curveball into the next question, um, which is, who is your favorite Trek captain? Well, I, I could cheat and say Captain Spock, but I won't. I won't do that. I will go ahead and say uh, probably Janeway. Yes. Captain Janeway. Okay, all right. So let's let's see if we're developing a pattern or a trend here. What is your favorite Trek episode? Journey to Babel from the original series. Okay, okay, all right. Um, is there anything about that specific episode that like makes it your favorite? Like, we get to learn about Spock's parents and. The whole diplomatic mission of start uh, of the Starship Enterprise. Plus, we got to see those horrible colored food cubes. Right, and I, I guess I should have asked this as well. Um, is there any specific reason why Janeway is your favorite captain? She's a scientist at heart. She's a captain secondary. She's always looking for a scientific um, way out of her predicament. And she uses the ship and the crew in a wonderful way to achieve that. Um, Captain Picard is a diplomat. He relied on diplomacy. Captain Kirk relied on his fists and phasers. And let's just say that Captain Sisko, well, he was a little bit of all of them, all rolled into one. Do we add Pike in there at this point? Have we seen enough of Pike where we can give him his characterization? The only Pike that I know of that I that that I have seen that I pay any attention to is from the original series. I'm not a strange New Worlds fan. I like it. I'm not necessarily a fan of it. I'm not necessarily a fan of New Trek at all. Um, for those that like it, I'm glad you do and welcome to the Trek family, but it's not for me. Okay. All right. Um and I will say, what is your favorite Trek show? I'm assuming that sort of translates back into why Janeway's your favorite captain, the science basis of it, or? 
Well, yes. I mean, Enterprise was was great at, at the um, science part of the show as well. Enterprise had a hard time getting it, its its footing, and it never really did. It only lasted for three years. If it had continued, it would have been probably up there with, with The Next Generation and Voyager. Um, my favorite episode of Enterprise was Carbon Creek, which rarely which didn't have any scenes i think on the bridge of the enterprise hardly yeah that was a great episode i also like the it was it was one of the first times you really get uh to paul sort of like hinting that she can sort of is this a joke am i kidding is this real which obviously you know i'm assuming really happened but um yeah no that's a really great episode um let's see so at this point i would ask your favorite alien race on Star Trek? Oh, that's easy. The Vulcans. Okay. All right. Traditional classic. Um, if you could be, and I think I know the answer, if you could be any position in Starfleet, what would it be? <laughs> Admiral. See, I was thinking you were going to say science officer. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I have an affinity for that. I, I admire Spock for his scientific abilities. I, I admire the position of science officer. However, sometimes the captain does override the science officer and makes him look like a fool sometimes. But that's just the nature of television. I um I think to be an effective leader, you have to be in, in, in a position to lead. And not necessarily the science officer is in that position. What would you do to not become the uh, evil Starfleet Admiral trope, what steps would you do to avoid this? Because it seems to happen. Strictly go by the prime directive, like Captain Picard. He never strayed from the prime directive. He may have been it a few times, but he never strayed from the actual goal of Starfleet. There we go. There we go. Um, so I'm assuming from what you said about new track earlier, you have not been watching Picard or not yes, enjoying it. Off. If you watch it, I watched it. I can't say that I necessarily understood it. Do you consider uh, Picard new track or since it's Picard, is it? Oh, it's definitely new track. Gotcha. No doubt about it. Um, I watched it and I watched strange new worlds. Uh, as far as the other ones, Discovery, I refuse to watch that. I just, I have no interest in it. I, I watched the first couple episodes and said, nope, this isn't for me. Interesting, interesting. Now, um, I will say, as far as Discovery, um, and I don't know, like, what possibly you did not like about it or what turned turned you off to it. I know a lot of people had issues with continuity, um, I think they sort of did a workaround uh, that, but I don't know. A lot of people have the theory that um, Strange New Worlds and Disco are effectively a parallel, like a not not the same um, universe that say Picard takes place in, like because Picard would be Prime. It's just in the future, and a lot of people are saying like Disco and. Um, um strange new worlds are not in that same universe and evidence would be if you look at Worf from the season three of picard he looks 
like the traditional Klingons, right? But if you look at the Klingons in Disco and Strange New Worlds, they look like they looked in Disco and Strange New Worlds. Well, yes, that has a lot to do with it. Um, as far as Discovery goes, canon plays a big part of it for me. I'm not one of those people that, that says you have to go strictly by canon. However, when Michael Berman mutinied on the, on the ship, that right there was the end of it for me. Because Spock clearly stated that no mutiny had ever taken board, uh, on, on board a starship before. Well, right there, they blew it out of the water. And after that, I just lost all interest in I have a question, though. Why is, it that, why is it that the people in charge of Star Trek now can't come up with their own ideas and characters? Why do they need to go back and recast Uhura, recast Pike? Why do they need to do that? Why can't they come up with their own TV show and their own characters and make new Star Trek? That that would be fine with me. I, I would see, probably watch it. I, I think the question more so is, are they allowed to? Like, will the studio let them do that? Because it seems like if you look at from Star Wars franchise to Star Trek franchise to um, you could even go and look at sort of Marvel to an extent. It seems like everyone's like, hey, let's retell the origin. Like how many different spider-man first you know spider-man ones have we seen right um exactly. although that's sony but it's like so i wonder if it's more so the studio saying this is what we want um i've talked to a lot of people especially doing stuff like this where it's like there's even areas where you could go and you don't really step on anyone's toes for instance you could show the um romulan earth war and pretty much do whatever you want you have free reign they just have to use nukes like that's pretty much you know or you could show the uh cardassian federation war all you got to show is set look three that's pretty much all we know about it so exactly. there you go you I mean, can I, I i would be happy with a show based on, on the klingon people Let, let's have a show that takes place on board a klingon battle cruiser do you think they'll? You know, I don't think they'll ever do an all or an or uh, a specifically alien based show. I don't unless not. unless it's something where they can get really cheap with the CGI and then like basically have a whole bunch of CGI aliens, which I guess that's what Prodigy is. But I haven't watched it because it seems like it's sort of kid based. Yeah, it is. I, I it was good. I lost interest in that as well. I did, however, like um um. Kate Mulgrew as playing one of the characters on there. But getting back to the studios, you know, the studio didn't like uh, the original series. They canceled it. If it wasn't for the fans and Lucille Ball, we wouldn't have Star Trek today. So I don't really think the studio is in a position to say this is Trek or this isn't Trek. I don't think they know what they want. I think they're just leaving it up to the people in charge of Star Trek. Now, you brought up Star Wars. The same people that are in charge of Star Trek were in charge of Star Wars. So I'm not surprised that they both went the same way. If you know what I mean. Um, I, or who are we talking about? Abrams? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, and now I, I like, I liked the Abrams movies. I don't love them. I liked them. 
right? But like, I, to be honest with you, I don't even really even count. Um, are we talking about like Kelvin, Kelvin verse, or no? Right, right. Yeah, I don't even really count those. I mean, like they exist, and I guess Spock's in them, so yeah, they they're real. Um, and I mean, uh, Nimoy um is in them, so they're real. But like, I I sort of honestly forget about them until like they're brought up, and I'm just like, oh yeah, there is a whole different other thing out there. Let's put it to you this way. If given the opportunity to watch one of the Kelvin movies and one of the original series movies, I'm always going to go with the original series. Would you like, would you, um, if there was, if there was someone or some studio out there that, that could get the Star Trek property, like that you're aware of that would you think feel like would do it the way you feel like it should be done. Do, I mean, is there anyone out there like that? Or you just think like it's we're at a phase where everything's sort of going to be this way? Well, I think we have to look at the world in general. Um, I think the optimistic days of Starfleet have somewhat passed. It's not the right generation for for the Trek like like the old Trek. Um, those days are gone. Never will there be another optimistic, the future is bright Star Trek, because that is not what is seen in today's society. I, for one, am somewhat jaded every day I turn the TV on and watch the TV programs. They're awful. I mean, they, re they really are awful. So I don't have high hopes that Star Trek will ever go back to the optimistic future of of the next generation or the original series you know i just had a thought as you were saying that um one of the things i think that that probably made everyone sort of have that more optimistic spirit is the fact that you know we had just got to the moon and things of that nature right so it's right. like like it's it's you can actually see it you're like oh man that's like we just got to the moon yeah in a couple hundred years we could definitely be doing what they're doing on star trek because we've already been to the moon right um right. maybe if we like if something happened where we ended up getting to mars or something and then they made like a star trek within like two years of that or something it would have that same type of like this is really feasible like sort of spirit to it because like you said, it, it it there is a certain um optimistic energy that is presented that yeah, I mean it, it is the society as it existed at that time. Um but I also think it's a little bit of at if you look at Star Trek from the 60s and it and what its history says about our time right now, it sort of told us like, yo, this is almost like the worst, like, you know what I'm saying? Like right now is like when everything's supposed to just completely collapse. So it's like, huh, maybe, uh, is yeah. that something that, that you have to go through to get to that Star Trek future? You know, you have to, I don't know. Well, we all have to go through growing pains and we are certainly going through those now. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think one of the reasons I enjoyed Star Trek for the voyage home so much is it was at a time in my life when, when I wasn't very optimistic or hopeful for the future, but yet they went off and they saved these whales and they saved the whole planet by doing it. 
that gave that gave me a sense of well you know maybe there is something maybe there maybe the future is bright i watch star trek today or the new trek i don't feel that way i don't see that i don't see the camaraderie between the castmates i don't see the chemistry um spock mccoy and and captain kirk had a chemistry together that, that can't be repeated it's not going to happen on any other show unless you're very, very lucky. Like I said, they succeeded somewhat on the next generation. And I miss that. I, I really do miss that in Star Trek. Well, I, I do apologize, but I guess this is the negative part of the interview. Um, what is your least liked alien race in Trek? <laughs> My least liked Hmm. Like you skipped really the episode, have... maybe, or? Well, no, it's not. It doesn't really have anything to do with with a bad alien or anything. It has a lot to do with bad writing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> every um, every Star Trek series has had bad writing on it at some point. I um, I think what they did to the end of Enterprise, the finale of Enterprise, is horrific. They should apologize to all Star Trek fans for that that final show. It was terrible. As far as aliens, started out, my least favorite were the Ferengi. Now I love them. I, I can't imagine Star Trek without the Ferengi or Quark. Yeah, Armin, Armin definitely, like, he was the first one to appear... Um, but he definitely rehabilitated and made them an integral part of the Trek like universe, the fabric of the lore. Um, I, and that's another thing I wouldn't mind to show. Um, we were talking about Klingons earlier. I wouldn't mind a, a show like almost Ferengi based, but um, maybe, uh, you know, someone's trying to follow the footsteps of like the legendary Nog that, you know, they, they read about and, you know, but obviously... Yeah. And Nagus Nog. Let, let's have a let's have a uh, Ferengi-based show that takes place in Quarks in Quarks Bar. You know, it could be another Frasier spinoff, so to speak. Model it after Frasier or Cheers or something. That would be hilarious. You know, the one person that never shuts up is Morn. He's always there, and we never hear him speaking, but yet he never shuts up. He's the center of attention. Something like that. That would be funny. Right. Right. Um. So as far as alien races go, it used to be the Frangi, but then they got rehabilitated. So now we're cool with pretty much all of them. Oh yeah, except for the gotcha. Dominion. No one likes the Dominion. Okay, all right, all right. Um, so let me ask you this: um, when you say the Dominion, would you would you include? Because you think about the Jemadar and the Vorta. I mean, do they have free will? So are we including them as Dominion or are we thinking of them as like like almost, I guess, slaves well, to the Dominion to an extent? They were, and I guess you could consider them slaves. However, there were some admirable Jim Hadar that stood up to the Dominion. And there were some admirable Vorda that also did likewise uh, when they were dealing with um, Odo. It was the I one way Yoon, right? Right, right. I think they were, if, if 
if it had continued, I think we would have seen an uprising or a, or a revolt between the Borda and the Dominion. I mean, the Borda and the uh, Jim Hadar. They would have, they would have probably joined in the fight to get rid of the Dominion. Do you read any of the books? I have, yes. Um, I don't necessarily. I sort of just like read the synopsises, but apparently, in one of the book series, there's like a rogue. Jimadar faction that does sort of declare war on the Dominion. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, there were some admirable Jimadar. Right, right. Um, so I know you like them all, but if you had to, if if there had to be one that they said, "Hey, we're never going to air this one again," just save your VHS tapes. What is your least favorite Trek show? But actually, I think I know this from the conversation we previously just had. What do you think it is? <laughs> right? I'm assuming that's Discovery, probably. Yeah, I don't. I'm not watching Discovery. I don't have any respect for it as Star Trek. Let me ask you this, then. So, does that mean your least favorite Trek captain is going to be Saru, Burnham, um, Giorgio? Someone on disco? Yeah, obviously, yes. I don't, I, I don't even, consider that. Do you, I don't consider uh, I'm sorry, go I ahead. Think the, I think the Orville is more Star Trek than Discovery. Oof, those could be fighting words in certain circles, sir. Yeah, um, yes, I know, but. What is your least favorite Trek episode? And I guess this would be answered something. Uh, this is something we've answered previously too. When you uh, talked about the Enterprise finale, I'm assuming. Yes, that that was just an abomination. They should have never done that to to the cast and crew of that show. They should have never done that. And even the writers said they got lazy on the third series of Star on Enterprise. They just got downright lazy. Didn't know what to do with it. They knew the show was ending and they really didn't care anymore. So what they did to the cast and crew was just terrible. I think it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that would be there. Um, oh man. Like I, I, yeah, like see that one's a bad one, it's, but it's bad on the, the sentiment of it and the reasoning of it. But there's some that are bad because, like, the writing is atrocious. Like, um, what is it? Uh, 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 all the way, all, all the way home, or um, the Alamorain. And then there's the uh, Voyager episode with the clown. I think the guy that played on Laverne and Shirley. Uh, oh yeah, right, right. Okay. That's also one of those cringe-worthy episodes that I skip every time it comes on. It is cringe, and like the the only thing I will say though is I give that dude props because I think his acting sort of is what makes it cringe, which I think is sort of the feeling you're supposed to have. Yeah, um, he did it. He did it too well. Yeah, man, because <laughs> it's just like, uh, like, yeah, okay, um. Let's see. And do, 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 do. so we're we're gonna whole cloth discount um disco 
people from this because I'm, I'm assuming it would definitely default to someone from disco so taking them out least favorite character in trek so this is reoccurring character or this could be a a one-time character just a character that appeared in trek that you were like i really dislike that character and once again we're going to discount disco because i'm sure that would be a, a a plethora of people that you would be able to choose from I hated the character of Kai Wen. Louise Fletcher played a wonderful part, but that woman, every time I saw her come on the screen, I, I felt a certain amount of rage. She played that character perfectly. And I just, every time I see her, I get mad. <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely was able to convey a uh, pompousness that was like very very effective like yeah I'm, I'm sure she could she she's very good at controlling people's emotions and delivering the dialogue in a way that almost seems condescending or doesn't seem condescending is condescending but still like uh, almost like a sweet old lady exactly exactly and mark alamu played gold I couldn't I couldn't stand that character either. He also was wonderful as as the um evil villain in a lot of episodes. But there was just something about him and that character that it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then to put both him and Kai Wen together as lovers, well, that was the ultimate insult to injury. I thought they deserve each other. Maybe they should both fall into the fire caves right well and then the crazy part about it is they sort of tried to build the sympathy a little bit for kai win at the very end when she you know finds out like oh my god this guy is the he's not like this uh who he pretends to be um but yeah that that like yeah that ducat i mean i don't think most people argue that ducat as far as series villain is the best star trek series villain um i think khan yes. is got the movie spot as most people's opinion uh, of course i'm talking about um uh Montalbom not which yeah. was very disappointing because i feel like benjamin cumberpatch is a really good actor and i'm just like man y'all could have done so much with him being in the movie the same with uh idris elba like it's like they get these really great actors and then like don't give them anything to use or do Okay, here's the thing about Idris Elba. I didn't even know he was in the movie. <laughs> I didn't even know that was him. That's how unimpressive it was to me. I, I had no idea that it was him until I got to reading the um, credits one day, and I'm like, Idris Elba was in this film? Really? Well, and then I had to go back, and I'm like, oh, so it was him. Oh, okay, gotcha. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, they don't explain much. Like, it's a very... Con like, all those... uh, All the Kelvin movies are, like, sort of confusing, and they don't really go through much time to, like, explain them. And I, I think um, Benjamin Cumberbatch, I think he did well with what he had to work with, but they changed the story too much. I, I guess they had to change it enough to where it wasn't The Wrath of Khan, but yet they changed the story too much. It did not bear any resemblance to the original movie whatsoever. And I guess if it had, that probably would have made me mad too, that they were trying to steal the thunder. So it's a fine line that you have to balance yourself on 
with with the Kelvin movies and the original movies and the characters. Sometimes they succeed and sometimes they don't. Yeah, and I and I understand it's a different universe and everything, but I was sort of upset that I felt like they messed up section thirty one as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Now see, there's another example. Let's have a Star Trek uh, show about section thirty one. I mean, yeah, apparently, be- uh, apparently that's supposedly in the works. Now it is based off of the um, disco uh, universe because it's. Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Giorgio is the yeah, uh, who, is going to be in uh, it. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't pronounce her name either. Right, I can't like. I think it's Michelle Wee. I think I don't know, but no, I might have. No. no, not Michelle. I don't. I can't remember. I don't watch the show, so. Right, and I'm probably gonna get killed because I forgot her name. But I mean, she's a great actress. Like, no disrespect whatsoever. Um, all right, let's oh, see. They're all, they're all great actors. I have nothing but respect for the actors that portray these characters on these show. Like on these shows, like I said, I guess they're all Star Trek to someone, just not to me. And I have no disrespect whatsoever toward any of the actors in any of the shows, old or new. Look, uh, you know, that's cool. I will say, as someone who watches all these things, some of these people would not be harmed by going to a workshop or two in the off season and, you know what I'm saying, just sharpening up some skills or whatever, do some exercises or whatever you got to do. Because there's some people that, like, I mean, this is all I've ever seen them in, but, like, Mm. they're not that good at acting, in my opinion, like, and I mean, that's just, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, to me, but like, yeah, the show, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And if it comes out, I'll watch it. Um, but I can't, I can't say like everyone involved is like, you know, great actors or actresses. Cause there are definitely some people that I'm like, dude, they could have found somebody else to play this. Cause they, I, I don't know your interpretation of it, or maybe you just can't yeah. act. I don't know what it is. Um, so let's see, let's see. Okay. If you could be any various, uh, alien or human species represented in Star Trek, what would you be? Vulcan, probably. I admire the logic. Gotcha. Gotcha. So are you a are you a federation um or a starfleet rather member vulcan are you a vulcan science academy vulcan oh i would definitely be in starfleet i got you so you're following the footsteps of spock right on right on right on um so paramount contacts you they find out about your instagram page and they're like man this guy's brilliant and they say, hey, we're going to give you complete control over a new Trek show or movie. You can play with any time period from here, from henceforth, whatever story you tell is going to be canon. That's going to be our new, you know, Trek canon for whatever story you tell. What, what would you do? It would take place after Voyager and it would be about the temporal prime directive the office of temporal prime directive and and how they go back and fix various things 
So, like, based on the relativity or? Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. That way they could go back to any time period and recreate any time period they wanted to on the show. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Would you have the uh would you have the guy that went that had was it time psychosis? Would he be like a reoccurring? Would you or would you like uh have him actually be on the show, like a reformed version of him or him before he actually yeah, well, I think we would have a relative of Captain Janeway be the leader of the of the ship and or the uh, office of temporal prime directive office or whatever. I think it would be funny to have Janeway's relative or ancestor or or whatever be be the one in charge of it since she's the one that broke it so many times. Right. Now, are you having anyone else from Trek show up uh or is this going to be all new cast and crew? Well, if Data wasn't dead, Data would be great on there. I mean, Maybe there's always could- B4, right? Yeah, we can always hope for B four, but I, I, that was a little far fetched to begin with for me too. There just happens to be a, a sentient android laying around somewhere. What is that number three? It wasn't lore, was it? See, no, that, well, me. it would actually be number lore? four. It would be number yeah. four because the the wife, quote unquote, bit didn't know she was oh, a about her. Yeah, I forgot about her. So I guess there's just a, a just a random android laying around somewhere for the Romulans to get a hold of. Yeah, that made a lot of sense to me. Well, well, uh, see, and you know, did you did you say Romulans for any specific reason? Well, they are the ones that found the android, I guess. Well, no, the reason I was asking is because um, they actually deal with. Romulans and their relationship to artificial intelligence in Picard. So I didn't know if you were making an allusion to that or but I forgot in the movie that yes, they actually found B4 as well. Yeah. I I've never understood the whole point of having the Romulans in Star Trek Picard to begin with. What was the whole point of Jerry Ryan's character going and stealing a board ship only to crash it? And that, now I have to admit, I really didn't pay a lot of attention to Picard. Well, um, like I basically, watched- the whole point was that the Romulans had this um, project where they were able to use X Borg to almost like data mine this Borg cube. And so that's why the Romulans are involved because it was in Romulan space. Um, and so basically seven obviously is Borg. And so she was able to basically like commandeer it, uh, from under the Romulans control and use it as a weapon for this other thing that was going on. I enjoyed that part of it. That was cool. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was just, I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess they, if you look at it after the fact, you could say, okay, so did they write it like this to explain this other thing they had already done or cause you never really in the past had any Romulans that data interacted with, have any aversion to him. And when him and Picard were on Romulus, the Romulans weren't like, Oh, the Android like stone it. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. 
it is sort of weird that all of a sudden Romulans are known to hate all sort of uh, artificial intelligence. Yeah, I mean, they never, it was no, nothing like that in the next generation. So, which when you think about it, you, you could almost think Starfleet would be more like that based on uh, whatever. We, we could go down a rabbit hole. So um, we're doing we're, we're doing the uh, temporal um, temporal agency and they can travel wherever they would like to. And data, if he was still alive, would be a member. Anyone else that you would have from any other cast or times? Seven of nine. They did yeah, sort of leave it open ended, like almost made you think like that she would at some point wind up be like a part of this crew. And I would always pick Kira for any crew. She's just a great character. Now we talk about spinoffs that could have been a spinoff. Like what happens with Kira in deep space nine once yes. like, you know what I'm saying? Cisco is not around anymore. Exactly. It'd be her, her space station then. And that would have been fun. And I mean, not only that, the relationship that Cisco and Kira had, you're not going to like no other commanding officer is going to come in and you're going to have that, especially since he's the emissary of your religion. Like, yeah, so, she, you know, had, she, had, she had a hard time with that. Does she listen to what the emissary says or does she follow orders or, or does she not follow orders? She had a, she had it was a double edged sword for her, but she figured it out. Yeah, uh, brilliantly portrayed um, by Nana Visitor. Um, but yeah, man, they, there's so much they can do. And, uh, you know, they there's always rumblings that they're going to return to the Deep Space Nine realm of Star Trek. But I don't want to hold my breath, man, because I would definitely pass out. If they do, I don't think Avery Brooks will be a part of it. I think he's... He doesn't really um, embrace Star Trek like the rest of the cast and crew have, you know, going to conventions and dealing with the fans and things. He doesn't he's that's not his style. So I don't know whether he would actually come back for that or not. I would hope so. I would love to see him, but I don't think that would happen. I don't know, man. Like maybe if um, maybe if like enough people. Well, see, and that's the other part. Like, how did, how would you even convey that? I don't know if he's on social media. I don't think he's on, like, Twitter or anything like that. Not as far as I know, he's not. Right, right. But, yeah, I would I would definitely love a return to Deep Space Nine. I mean, I guess if you did have to somehow do something without Cisco, it would just be like he hasn't come back yet from the wormhole. Like Exactly. Yeah. Cause I'm sure I'm sure Jake would probably do it, and you know, um, Bashir seems to be you know ready for whatever, and Garrick seems to be ready, and the only person that's probably you know a lot busier these days would be uh, O'Brien. Yeah, he's done really well for himself, hasn't he? Yeah, I see him in everything, like just random stuff, and you're just like, oh man, there's O'Brien. Exactly. But without him, DS9 would fall apart. So he's got to be a part of the show if it comes back. Did you uh did you say you do watch Lower Decks or you do not? I I, I haven't watched it, no. They had a there was a gag, which I'm sure you've probably seen the meme, but there was a gag at the end of one where it's like the future 
and there's a statue of O'Brien, and they say the most important man in Starfleet history. Yes, yes and, I've seen it. And it's like, yeah, so everyone knows, man. O'Brien has to be there. Yeah. <laughs> he was a union man. Um, hey, man, I appreciate this, man. It's It's been very fun uh, having this conversation about Trek stuff. Is there anything you have you want to plug or let people know about? Nope, just visit my Instagram and hope hope everyone enjoys it. That's what it's there for. It's non-political and all opinions are welcome. Hey, well, my opinion is that you have some very awesome memes and I can't I can't lie, I might have screenshotted one or two and uh tried <laughs> to tried to pass them off as my own at one time uh before I had manners and whatnot. But I've grown as a person, uh, so I don't do that anymore. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs>